Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's a Dapper Devil production, see? All right, hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Glee! Glee. Aggressive. Aggressive! My name's Karina Stokes. My name is Ian Brodsky. And folks, we are here today to chat with you about yet another episode of Glee. It is season four, episode 17? Yeah. Great. Uh, Entitled Guilty Pleasures. Yes. This, when did it air? When I went to open Wikipedia. um, Do you ever, okay, so if we're looking things up on your phone on Wikipedia, it saves uh, what your last search was. And uh-huh. mine was the plot of the movie My Sister's Keeper, a movie I have no intention of watching. Fascinating. You know how sometimes um, TikTok just shows you clips of movies and you're like, I don't yes, really want to watch that, yes. but I am curious. Um, that's what I was doing. Um, anyway. I did, it aired um, originally on March 21st, 2013. Yes, I got there after wow. navigating away from the page for My Sister's Keeper, a movie I have no intention of watching ever. Same but that being said, if you enjoy if you enjoy the material, great, good yeah. for you. Don't Would you by books. any chance say that it's your guilty pleasure? I bet right in. Jody Pico is uh, someone's guilty pleasure. Someone. Um, for who knows why. But instead, we're going to talk about. I guess I was going to say our guilty pleasure, but I don't know if that's what this is. Right, this and is just it's funny glee. because. It's just Glee, and it's not even a guilty pleasure, because one, it's only arguably a pleasure, and two, I just assumed that Karina would be asking me, hey Ian, what are your guilty pleasures? What a great segue. Did you think of any? Right? Um, no, because I genuinely don't think that I feel guilty about anything that I like. We've moved on um, as a society from the concept of guilty pleasures, for sure. Right. Now it's we just were actually- like, the world's terrible, like whatever you want to like. Truly, and um, I'm sure we'll get into this when we talk through the episode, mm-hmm. and uh, Karina and I were actually talking with Jenna Kate today about this very exact topic, um, and I think also we've progressed to a place where, like, we can, like, understand that two truths can be simultaneous, yes, like, yes. something could be problematic, but you can also like it, yes. and it doesn't make you a bad person. Yeah, for the um, most, although, like... Yes, although we've also had discussions about, like, if you're supporting someone who is monetarily going to gain from your consuming of their content. Um, right. Like, you know, voting with your money, as it were. Mm-hmm. Right. Of course, the whole J.K. Rowling yeah. uh, conversation of it all is probably the biggest one of us millennials, at least yep. currently. Oh, for sure. Um, They're already yeah. here. Do you have any guilty pleasures? I don't know. I I agree that I wouldn't, like, consider... Like, I guess there's some ways in which Glee covers could be considered a guilty pleasure because people would be like, well, why aren't you just listening to the regular version of the song? And you're being like, no, I want to be listening to the Glee cover of this song. And I think a guilty pleasure, at least now, implies 
that you care about what other people think about it in the way that you're assuming that you're going to be negatively judged for it. Yeah. And, yeah, what, if you're like, afraid of that, then that's that. Like, and at this point, too, like, it's out there for the most part. People know. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's probably a world, aware of like, the work. several years ago where I would have said, like, oh, I read fan fiction. That's a guilty pleasure. Because I would have been, like, people are not going to want to know. But now, we live in a culture where that's just, that's just part of everyone's day, baby. Yeah. Yeah. But enough about our not-so-guilty pleasures, or lack thereof, <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Enough about us disagreeing with the initial concept of this episode. Of a guilty start. pleasure, yeah. That, that's already ten years old. Almost to the date. Um, True. I know, we're, so, like, really on, on track right now. Right? Um, we do get a glee clap, glee clap, we do get a glee cap of, um, stuff we already know. Brody's yeah. a gigolo. Right. Um, Finn came in and fought him, and they destroyed the hotel room. Rachel doesn't know it, and Will's still mad, and, uh, Blaine still has a crush on Sam. That comes back in this episode. Yes. That's the really end of this episode. Yes. Um... We open on the hallway with a money exchange between Sam and Blaine. I know what you are up to, and it has to stop. Okay, I remember what this was, and I just yes. watched this episode a few hours ago. <laughs> um, yeah, Blaine uh, Blaine thinks that Sam is stealing food um, because of his whole family and poverty issue, which, now that I'm thinking about it, like, we don't know that Blaine's family is back in town, correct? Like Sam's family? Yes, thank you. We also really don't know if Blaine's family is in town because previously he was going to a school much further away it's unclear about his living situation uh right no they it seems like lee kind of forgot that they made that a plot point that sam lives right. with an unknown adult maybe with finn's mom he like right. moved in with finn and now i guess finn still lives at home probably um yeah, yeah it's a confusing uh they just but. like guys it's season four glee you don't care about the minutiae this much and you're like mm, got a point you're we right. don't <laughs> Except we do because we that's care. how we make our show. But Blaine's like, oh, we know, like, we get it. <laughs> we get it. You're poor. Um, <laughs> here's some money. <laughs> Don't steal from the kitchen anymore. And he's like, well, you're right that I do steal from the kitchen, but you're wrong that it's not for my family. It's but I have I have a secret to tell you, Blaine, and I'm gonna show you. And what the secret is, is art. Not just any is art, that though. Highly detailed, accurate macaroni portraits of celebrities, including Kurt Hummel. It's it's not celebrities including Kurt. It's celebrities I disagree. and Kurt. I mean, celebrity is in the eye of the beholder. I think so. I that made me laugh so much. She's like, "Look at my highly detailed." Here, Blaine, look at my highly detailed portraits. I've made celebrities, and also, conveniently, your ex-boyfriend that you have to stare in the face. It, it's a vision right. of macaroni. <laughs> a vision in pasta. Um, and th these portraits include the likes of Emma Stone, yep. Duck Dynasty, and was it Leanne Rimes? Leanne Rimes, and I'm also looking at it now. I think it's Ralph Macchio. Yes, that was definitely one of them. Uh, the people from Duck Dynasty is the funniest poll for me, because if you... Yes. I would not be able to identify them from anyone. Remember oh, Duck no, Dynasty? People don't care Barely. about Duck Dynasty anymore. No, I think they, like, cancel themselves <laughs> over being awful or something. <laughs> that sounds right. And so, th thus begins 
everybody's guilty pleasure sharing yes. in a way because Blaine is or Sam is like, so that's my guilty pleasure. What's yours, Blaine? Um, everyone's got one, um, but before he can uh, spit it out or whatever. Tina shows up to serve a purpose, and that purpose is Exposition. Mr. Shoes out with the flu, but um, we're going to meet. Uh, we're going to meet for Glee Club anyway. Well, she was like, "We're not going to meet for Glee Club," and then Blam takes it upon themselves. Right, to host you're right, Glee you're Club, right. Because they're like, "No Finn, no Will." So instead, we're going to run Glee, and it's going to be all about guilty pleasures. Right, and by sharing all of our guilty pleasures, we will be vulnerable. And it will bring us together so we can be a more cohesive team and re- win at regionals before the season is over. Sure. Something about, like, yeah, we were just shooting the crap like two bros do, and we felt safe with each other, so we shared our feelings, and now we uh, we want you all to do the same. And the way we start off is by Blaine's supposed guilty pleasure, which is Wham. So, so we get a block—yeah, we got a block-colored wardrobe— uh, rendition of Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. I will say, I, I know we just spent the first part of the show debunking the idea of guilty pleasures. I can see how Wham! fits in that category. I guess so. I can see it, like... Oh, Is it a George Michael thing? No, I think it's just a Wham! thing. Like... Okay. I think, here, here's how, why you can think about it. Okay. okay. Have you ever seen the movie Music and Lyrics? Starring I don't know Drew Barrymore and Hugh Grant. I don't believe so, which is weird for me. Well, the plot of that is that a washed-up 80s pop star, like, tries to write a new song, and it's Drew Barrymore helps him, and they fall in love. Mm. But what why I bring it up is that Hugh Grant is playing a character who is, like, a washed-up wham type. And so I feel mm. like if you were in a band that is able to be parodied in a romantic comedy, then probably there is some, like, yeah. guilty pleasure-ish kind of thing there. I buy that. Like, the same reason that you could say Justin Bieber is probably a guilty pleasure because Andy Samberg parodied him in a movie that you're like, okay, this is the kind of right. cultural area you you take over. Right. Okay. Where you're enough yeah, to you be a trope. Be that. Yes. Right, especially for us millennials who, like, Justin Bieber yeah. was kind of, like, a joke when he first came out anyway. And he's still um, he's still going. He's still going. I mean, God bless the Zillennials and Gen Zers for uh, being with him, from, from being true believers from the start. Anyway, we have a really fun number here. Yeah, um, I personally quite like this song. I'm a fan of Wham. It's a good song. Well yeah, enough. it's a fun song. It got weird when they got, like, blacklighty yeah, and it was just someone's lipstick. I don't know why they decided to go with the black light look. It doesn't really add anything to the number. Right. And I feel like that's kind of the overarching sentiment of this episode in a way. Like, there's some good stuff here, but there's nothing that really adds to anything. No. But uh, Blam is doing some great work here. Um, Blam sings Wham. Blam sings Wham. Yes. Episode subtitle Mm -hmm. right there. Um Darren Chris once again doing the most good for him. Yeah, he doesn't know um, how to do anything less than that. Yeah, um, and we again we will we will expand on that later. Yeah, um, fun stuff. Yeah, a good um, opener, like good opener, good good fun choreography. Yeah, that that's it. That's that number. 
that's that number. We cut to Kitty and Britt in the hallway. Yeah, Brittany is just like, I'm tired of your personality being like this, Kitty. I'm going to, in show, make you be less of a bitch, I guess? Right. It is Brittany calling out the writers being like, as she does, as like our meta character, right. being like, you keep being really mean to people and it's confusing, so let's uh, let's try to fix that. So let's, yeah, so let's fondue for two you. Yes. Um... I do appreciate that on Fondue for Two, Kitty was like, that cat has three weeks to live. <laughs> like, very yes. funny. And and, and so Britt on Fondue for Two was like, everyone hates you because you're a two-faced lying slut. And then Kitty's like, but everyone keeps telling me their secrets, so I must be doing something right. Very and I'm like, fair Count- point. Point counterpoint, yeah. Um, so let's both say our guilty pleasure is live on air on the internet the quote-unquote safest place yeah um (laughs) they both like to fart around old people because they just think they did it okay um brit thinks white cats are racist um lord tubbington is uh his his guilty guilty pleasure pleasure is scientology Scientology. um for both of them the bring it on series is a guilty pleasure hell yeah um although kitty is right that the one after all or nothing is no not good uh fight to um, the finish bad uh original bring it on definitely great. discussed i on love the talking show about the before bring. all or nothing is my favorite one that's the third that's one that's the one with rihanna that's the one with rihanna correct yes I'm, you've been taking Super notes Bowl I see. star rihanna <laughs> you know I, I try to remember important stuff for my friends i didn't watch the super bowl halftime show in totality did she sing ponder replay Unfortunately, I don't think she did, and I really wish she did. That and Disturbia are the ones that I wish she really did. If you want to Actually. see her sing Ponda Replay, she does perform that at the end of Bring It On All or Nothing. Hold on. I'm, like, looking up the set list now. <laughs> just because I don't want the, the Rehive to come after us. I don't... Is that what they're called? I don't think so, but it fits. Um, no Ponda Replay. All right. I guess that makes sense. This wasn't a scene where it looked like Becca Tobin and Heather Morris were genuinely just having fun with each yes. other. Like, they weren't acting. Um, like, maybe they were improvising this or something. I don't know. But uh, Kitty has a deep, dark, secret, guilty pleasure that uh, now only Britt knows. It at is this point so shameful that she won't even say it out loud. Right. What could it be? Bum, bum, bum. Stay tuned. Yeah. Um, uh, hard cut back to Niada, where we unexpectedly... See another class and classroom. Kurt is taking an acting class, if you can believe that. Congratulations to this school that apparently got more funding out of nowhere. So Um, they can afford an acting teacher that does a very real exercise for theater majors. I was going to say, acting out your secret shame, is that a real... uh, Because... I mean, like... It it involves... the traumatic sense memory of potty training, which is a big right. old yikes from me, dog. Yes, um, I think that was like my my exact note as well. Hello. Um, but um, like I can't speak for other schools, but my theater school it was that's a bit of an exaggeration of what we had to mm-hmm. do. Like the um the sort of uh, what's the like the typical exercise is private activity, which is like in order okay. to immerse yourself in like the reality and like actually and the um and the doing the action of things 
is to perform a private activity as if no one is watching. Okay. So that's I kind of the correlation, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was like, like, yeah, get up there and act out something that traumatized you. Right. And then we're going to critique you about that. The vibes of, like, put your, hash out your trauma for a grade feel felt very real to me. And I didn't even do theater school, but I was like, yeah, that seems right. Um, I'm definitely on the uh, the corner of TikTok that is reevaluating theater academia. Oh, so that makes sense. I can, right. So I can almost guarantee that, like, someone could listen to this podcast and easily ride in with being like, let me fucking tell you about my program. Trauma dump for a grade. A trauma dump for a grade. That's kind of how um, RuPaul, Ru- RuPaul's Drag Race works. Mm, There's an element of trauma dumping for your life. Um, Kurt giving us uh, Chorus Line Morales vibes, where he's just like, um, I would rather not. I'm just gonna bullshit my way through this. Because whatever you're doing is not my vibe. Karina, I've never been so proud of you as to bring up our Lord and Savior, Deanna Morales, of A Chorus Line fame and her seminal hit classic, Nothing, Nothing. about the bullshit acting teachers. <laughs> bullshit acting teachers. I look at this and that's just like, that seems like the vibe they were going for. Um, yeah. Wow. I will Wowie. say, you can only be so proud, though, because up until this moment, I didn't realize... I've never seen the show. I've only listened to the soundtrack, and I did not realize Morales was her last name. So... <laughs> no, it's fine, because it's not like it's ever... I mean, like, it's not like it's been super accessible lately. No. Is there a pro shot of Chorus Line? Um, not a pro shot, and not of the Broadway or, like, theatrical right. version. There's a movie version of a Chorus Line, which yeah. is very different. I'm not going to say it's not worth watching. It's just like it's not the chorus line that you would, that you know would see if you yeah. were right. Um, that being said, it is my favorite show. Um, yes. So yeah, he uh, Kurt is like acting like real big air quotes acting. Yes. He says his guilty pleasure because he's got real deep dark secret ones like uh, marathons of shows for ladies. Um, and sweating to the oldies, but the biggest guilty pleasure is his boyfriend pillow. <laughs> you know, that's almost fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I fully support not to yuck anyone's yum, but there is a part of me that if I walked into my friend's room and saw that on their bed, I'd be like, explain this to me. <laughs> At least with the arm. It would be one thing if it was, like, almost like... It's the fake hand, right? It's the fake hand, yes. Like, because I also think, like, Marsh Pillow from How I Met Your Mother, Mm -hmm. like, fine. Yeah. Like, a little off-color, but fine. Also very within character. Right, exactly. But if, if, if you, Karina, had mailed me, like, a pillow that was half arm to feel like comforted by i would be like what the fuck correct and that'd be the correct response it's the fact that it has a hand and is wearing a shirt like it is dressed for bed and i'm like okay is it dressed for bed i thought it was fully wearing a blue collar i guess i interpreted i interpreted that as like those pajamas yeah those like crisp okay like 50s man pajamas where you're like you're dressing for bed but it's also somehow a suit yes um yeah it's a set it's (laughs) It's very Von Trapp children. Yes. Um, um, and he keeps this in a suitcase under his bed, which 
That's fascinating. That's except that's creepier. When he's like, it's a bit duller. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, the fact that you keep it in a locked case under your bed is the weirder part. That's yeah, that's what makes it Dahmer energy. If it was just in your closet or hidden behind stuff or hidden under your right. bed. Well he totally has different. to. He lives in an apartment with no walls. So <laughs> Yes. The danger Which, is real. Yeah. Also, we learned that apparently he's still enough in touch with uh, the 30-year-old man Adam from Adam's Apple to claim like it would be embarrassing if he found out a man we will never see again so wait when I I totally missed that he just says like it's so embarrassing if anyone found out like Adam or god forbid Blaine um Mm. so it's enough to be like here's two people who I do not want to know that I have this I guess I guess it could be implied no, because they didn't, like, break up. They were like, we're going to go to a movie together and yeah, be in a relationship, and then we just don't see him anymore, so we have to assume it's been fizzled. Um, but yes, right. that, that's Kurt's biggest shame. Quote, dude, put on some pants. I need to talk to you. We're in the locker room, in yep. case you haven't guessed it, with Blam. Yep. Um, Sam has a deep, dark, dark secret that he needs to let out because it's torturing him. Um, it's worse than having feelings for you, Blaine. Um, yeah, because Blaine does say, like, do you have feelings for me? That was his in, like, is this what this is leading to? And Sam's like, no, of course not. It's worse than that, which is a... Right. <laughs> Interesting way to put it. Yes. Especially considering the reveal of this episode later, but... Right. We'll get to that. And the deep, dark secret is that he likes Barry Manilow, which is a crime... Is it? I mean, it, not anymore, but I could definitely see how in, like, 2013, where we were, like, just phasing out of the, like, yeah, you shouldn't call stuff gay because when you really mean, like, bad or stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like, that's those two things are, in a way, like, synonymous. I can see um, that. Do you want to know a fun fact? I do. I saw this on TikTok, and I feel like I have corroborated it with some Reddit research, that... In the trailers for this episode, so way back when, you know, how TV used to air trailers for episodes, that they played a clip of this scene with Sam admitting his guilty pleasure. But he did not say, I like Barry Manilow. What he said was, I like Taylor Swift. And the reveal of Sam's guilty pleasure was supposed to be that he's, he was a Swifty and he was going to sing a Taylor Swift song instead. Rumors being that it was going to be, I knew you were trouble when you walked in. Interesting. And then there's been a lot of speculation as to uh, why they didn't do it. One of which, I believe, being that that Court Over Street and Taylor Swift were rumored to have, you know, uh, hooked up or something once. I forgot about that, right? It's just a rumor. Um, well, it's also he was also she was also rumored to have uh, been with Corey Monteith, and that the song uh, oh, right. "Mine" was allegedly about him. So perhaps the one that that Santana sang. To, yeah. So yeah, this was supposed to be okay. This was supposed to be a, a Sam embarrassed to be a Swifty thing, but they pivoted away and instead went to Barry Manilow. Okay, sure. Which I feel like those you- two things are not the same. But they're very much not the same. And I think really it's it just goes back to gay panic because it's like uh, like, yeah, it's like only gay dudes and chicks like Barry Manilow and Taylor Swift, probably. So 
I, but now I, I mean, maybe back then, but I feel like now Taylor Swift is so universally loved that like anybody can just like. Well, Taylor now Swift, it wouldn't fine. work as a guilty pleasure because she's too uh, much of a superstar. But yeah, back then, right? She was. If if my timing is correct, and if that's about when Red came out, that was just her breaking into the pop scene. Sure. She was not quite a global superstar yet. Anyway, right. I can't name any Barry Manilow songs except for the one that they sing here. Same. Um, and I wouldn't have even clocked that that song was Barry Manilow. The only right, the only other one I can think of, and I don't even think it's a Barry Manilow song. My mom had a CD of Bette Midler mm-hmm. singing like the Rosemary Clooney songbook. Okay. And one of the songs was a duet of her and Barry Manilow singing "Slow Boat to China." Um, okay. Which. Which, like, from a 2013 standpoint, is probably the gayest thing I've ever said. <laughs> yeah! And that's and that's coming from me, a theater major and theater professional, um, who loves big, fun musical theater and knows how to tap dance and do ballet and shit. Yeah, but those are just um, skills. Speaking of which, why all the naked dudes in this scene? Like, truly, this was a scene about naked dudes walking to and from to and fro the blam conversation through. and then just a weird shot of Artie in fully dressed not in exercise outfit he's just in his normal just boy there clothes, lifting a weight <laughs> right just there and he is like you 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 think he's like eavesdropping i guess um it's hard to eavesdrop when the only part of the conversation you hear is just sam yelling i love barry manilow in the that, middle of the locker room that would make me uh give me some pause too Right. But put a pin in that. Yes. We will put a pin in that. So we cut to the hallway. Yep. And as loyal fans for, of Fondue for Two, we demand to know what your guilty pleasure is. This is Tina confronting Kitty. Yes. And what is this shameful secret that Kitty is holding on to? It's the Spice Girls. Okay. Now, I'll admit, I'm not, like, a huge Spice Girls fan. Like, I... I you know I like I wanna be of course you sure. know I like the vibes but I never really was like a huge fan. Um, okay. Don't know why just never on my radar whatever. Right. But does that mean I'm missing something that back in 2013 that was a shame like because now liking Spice Girls is almost like ubiquitous like of course right. you like the Spice Girls like right. I don't who wouldn't I don't know because like I feel I remember like. The the second I got to college, like everyone was playing, like yeah, Spice Girls played at every party. Every party, you could not and, escape. Like there was them. nothing, there was nothing shameful about it. Everybody, it wasn't like an ironic thing, right? It was like we like it was a little bit like millennial like nostalgia it's, probably, but it wasn't like let's rag on the Spice Girls by playing them right. at our college parties. It was like ha right. It was genuinely like oh remember this? Yeah, this was actually fun. What a bop! Yeah. What a bop! We we're at a party. We can have fun mm-hmm. to this fun song. Like, so this, I, I I guess it's just an excuse to have this group do a Spice Girls number, which great as they should, yeah. But as they should, love that. But Don't like, need, you can keep the framing. You can keep the framing. Yeah, right. Like it was almost they could have just been like, "What's your what are your guilty pleasures?" And you could just been like. It's Spice Girls. And then we'd be like, me too. And then everyone else is like, oh my god, me too. We all love the Spice Girls. Not like, it's Which so is sh- like, it's so secretly I, shameful that we have to draw it out. 
Right, and like, that is kind of what what they do, but it's also like, oh my god, I thought I was the only one, I feel so seen, like, it... Yeah. Uh, yeah, n not necessarily. Um, got a little transphobia as a treat, but um, we're doing yep. Spice Girls. Yes, we go oh, unavoidable, it seems. Yeah. Cut to the bathroom at the Niata, not Niata, um, the, the loft. The loft. The loft's bathroom. Santana is moving back in. Surprise. Yes. She was kicked out for one episode. <laughs> right. And I don't know if you know mm -hmm. what the plot points of this scene were, because I don't, because I was just distracted by Rachel Berry singing and warming up the whole time. For some reason, my ear was just... Only on that? Diverged to that, yeah. Um... Yeah, it's about Santana moving in, back in, with no explanation, yes. other than the fact that Brody moved out off screen, presumably after yes. being punched. Um, the thing to note is that she's like, I need space to store my bath products. Rachel Berry doesn't need any of this, because she's just an uggo. And Kurt's response is basically like, one, Rachel is beautiful. Two, you're a bitch. Three, those are my products. These are mine. Yeah. <laughs> and that's basically it. But it's revealed that, for whatever reason... Kurt knows about Brody the sex work. being a sex worker, but Rachel does not still. All Rachel knows is that Brody came back to the apartment and I guess kind of unceremoniously moved out. Presumably right. also with a black eye, which I feel like more questions should have been asked. But Right, and they do have a quick cutaway of like, why, like, won't, why won't you talk to me? Yeah. And him being like, we'll always be friends. And like, that's really it. But, but what's how, it, how do we get past this? Well, also, Kurt is like, we can't tell her. Not till after her funny girl audition. Like, this information is going to ruin her for that. And so how do we try to move past this? Let's try to play a prank on our roommate. Let's do the old stick the hand in water trick so he pees the bed. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Like, and Kurt, like, again, this apartment has no walls. Like, surely Kurt could just hear them plotting. Right. Also, like, at, right after Santana is like, I won't tell Rachel about uh, why her boyfriend broke up with her, it, she immediately goes on to, like, and rib her about, like, doesn't it suck that your boyfriend broke up with you? And I know it's because yeah. Santana's, like, a bitch and that's the vibe, but, like, doing a terrible job of drawing attention away from it. Right. Not exactly helping the matter. This is when they discover the boyfriend arm pillow. And... At first, it's creepy, and then the stigma around it goes away pretty freaking quickly. Immediately, because it's nice to cuddle pillows. Like, it's not that weird. Right, yeah, and that's kind of that. Yep. It's his deepest okay. shame. He keeps it locked under the bed, and it's just like, oh, okay. A little weird, but yeah. I, get, I catch the vibe. Right. And then we cut to uh, the Glee Club. Yep. With... It felt like this Glee Club was thin this week, and I know we don't have shoe, and I know we don't have Finn no or whatever. Finn. We here. I, no sugar. No sugar, which is nothing new, and no Joe, of course. No Joe either. Right. But everyone but else is actually pretty like... accounted for. This is more than got to come to uh, Mr. Schuster's wedding. Interesting. Yeah, I guess. Let's I don't see, know why. On. Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So. There's nine Glee Clubbers here in this episode. And if you count Sugar and Joe, who are in the Glee Club, that brings That's you up 11 to, total. That brings you up to 11, which still isn't enough to compete in regionals. Who was with them at sectionals that brought them up? 
No idea. Unless they changed the rules because it was convenient because or they just added in Glee some extras like when they did it's a, like where sometimes there's just random cheerleaders who come and dance with like them. dancers and shit yeah like uh oh the uh the treble tones yeah yeah they probably just tossed in an extra person we're like they won't notice and we didn't so right. that's fair yeah wow so point Glee, you're I guess. right I'm looking at it I think it's just maybe the lack of Finn and Will but it really does look thin. But it is it actually does. pretty fully staffed. That's Wild. most of the Glee Club. And this is where Sam comes out as a fan Yeah, which is a great name. I will give them that. Right. Um, and he sings, of course, Copacabana. Copacabana. And um, everybody is buys in pretty fucking quickly. Of course, starting with Britney dancing. Yeah. Of course. It was fine. The, the song was fine. I mean, who doesn't know the words to Copacabana? I, I didn't yeah. really realize that it was a fun little story until they were acting it out in their choreography. Um, right. It it sure is a song. It's fine. Want to hear a fun fact? Obviously. So, there is a musical called Copacabana. It makes and sense. And, of course, it is Around This features this song. Yeah. And I saw some friends do a production of it at a youth theater. The lead of the show was one... Adam Chandler Barat huh. of Next to Normal fame yeah. and Amelie and other stuff. He is from Rockland County as well. Everyone's from Rockland um, County. Right? Yeah. You can't get... We're everywhere. I didn't know him then, but that was back then. Wow. You can say you saw Lead him, of Copacabana. Saw him back there at the Copacabana. Yeah. Is it yeah. a very Manilow jukebox musical or just centered around this song? I don't remember. It might have been a Barry Manilow jukebox musical. As previously discussed, we can't name any other Barry Manilow songs, so for all right. you know, it that, was. Yeah, you know, the math kind of, like, works itself out there. Um, but it ends with, I guess it was Blaine going, that was so brave. And <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of metaphors here about, like, coming out of the closet, but right. it's, like, similar to coming out as gay, but instead it's about telling people that you like the singer-songwriter Barry Manilow. Those are the same thing. Which is right, a little heavy-handed. Yeah. Um, and this is where every other dude in the Glee Club comes out as well as all Fanalos. Hooray. Mm-hmm. Live your truth, boys. You go, boys. We cut to the stage. Uh, the girls are deciding which Spice Girl they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, immediately, Brittany's like, yeah, Unique, you shouldn't be Scary Spice because it's racist that she's the only black one. Oof. Okay. A joke that probably landed better um, back in the time before right. reverse racism was a thing we had to talk about like was... every day. Right. Marley should be posh because she's super skinny and makes everyone uncomfortable. Mm. Wow. Um, that's Kitty being nice. Yep. Um, uh, Kitty should be ginger. Britt should be sporty. And Tina should be scary spice. And Tina walks in and goes, the black one? And Right. She goes, that makes no sense. And that's, and Yuki's like, yeah, that's what I said. But that's how it seems like it's going to go. But we'll have to put a pin in that and circle back because Tina, once again, is there just to deliver news. And that news is that Jake plans on singing a Chris Brown song. Yes. And for there, it cuts to a commercial break for me. I know you watched on Disney Plus, but, um. Uh, No, I believe that. And that's also when, uh, I mean, it's not a real commercial break, but it is like right. a cut to black where you can tell like the commercial an act break, break yeah. was there. Right. 
Um, we're only halfway done at this point. Yep. So we we open on the library again. Blaine's reading a Goosebumps. I just want you to know that. Um, I know. I saw that. Blaine's sitting there reading a. He's reading the Phantom of the Auditorium, which is a canonical uh, Phantom of the Opera adaptation. Yes. And so Blaine, uh, Sam is like, now it's time for you, Blaine. You have to walk the yes. walk because you haven't been honest so far. What's your guilty pleasure? Like, what is it going to be? And then walks away. Yep. Um, to leave him to think. Right. And then we get Jacob basically trying to defend himself against all the girls in the Glee Club, saying, like, I know Chris Brown's a douche, but... Um, it's a, a, a death of the artist, uh, or death of the author kind of conversation. Right. Can we separate the music of someone who is highly problematic? Right. And... I don't know that it's an interesting conversation because... I think it's interesting. I mean, yes, but in this context, like, the girls bring up, like, all the shitty things he's done. And in response, he brings up Whitney, Brittany, and Rihanna. Yeah, so here's the thing I think is problematic in this, is that he starts out with some good points. Like, yeah, he goes basically like, I know that Chris Brown has been just terrible, that's why I feel like it's the definition of a guilty right. pleasure. I it's feel like, guilty that I like that I like was, his work. Which like that could have been the whole episode. But then like, he's like around that. He's like that just because we listen to someone doesn't make them a good role model. And that's where he brings it in is like because that's when he's like, well, Brittany and Whitney aren't good role models, presumably because they've also done like things that you they probably wouldn't want to do in your regular adult life. But they aren't right. abusers. That. And that's the key and, difference. Exactly. Supporting someone who's, like, making bad life choices versus supporting someone who is harming others actively. Exactly. And on top of that, considering how it was talked about a little bit back then, but not definitely to the extent that it's talked about now, Mm -hmm. of how we as a greater public treat these celebrities, specifically women. Yeah. Um... And how, like, so, like public image can really drive a person, like, to destructive yeah. behaviors. And then, as a result, we write that off as, they're crazy. They're terrible right. role models. Like, like look at this crazy gal. And it's a lot of, like, because he also brings, like, up Rihanna. Like, you don't think she's a good role model. It's like, oh, it's also about, like, supporting someone who's making bad choices for themselves. Her, perhaps right. harming themselves with their life. Versus someone who is people yeah yeah that's why it's hard to i don't like here's the thing i don't listen to chris brown um and partially it is on principle of like i don't want my money to go towards someone who actively hurts someone else but here's the thing also i didn't listen to chris brown really before so it's not a hard same it's not a hard ask for me to say no i'm not listening to chris brown anymore okay right that's one song maybe that I would just will take off any playlists. So it's right. I'm trying to think if there's like similar situation to me. Like the the closest thing I can think of is Mumford and Sons. Yeah, that's fair. Because the uh, it was discovered that the dude, one of the dudes in that band, was like super right wing. Yeah. Um, but also like the one I the think brand, who was married was married to, to, to Diana Agron actually. Yeah. Um, full circle. Yeah, it's, that it's all related to Glee. Yeah, and you know what? I like if a Mumford and Song song comes out of playlist, I don't skip it like out of principle. Right, right. And at the same time, I like I've 
I think some of their stuff is pretty catchy and stuff, but I, I've mm-hmm. never like actively went out of my way to listen to them right. personally. And yeah, it's and a it's a very nuanced conversation that we tried to have yeah. in a span of about three minutes. So I think they did better right. than expected with such a topic. I agree. Where it's not as cut and dry as we don't like. You can't ever do support Chris Brown's music because right. of what he did as a person where it's being like okay well it is a little more complicated than that and then here's some bad examples <laughs> right anyway chris brown is like basically public enemy number one on the do not sing list of glee club um i mean yeah i wouldn't go into competition singing a chris brown song it's not great for right. optics well kurt got santana and rachel boyfriend arm pillows um changed one to a girlfriend arm pillow for santana um thoughtful i guess the scene work uh, between Kurt and Santana in this episode was great. I really liked yes. everything that they were doing. We get Rachel's, like, she's not lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean Brody and I aren't getting back together. And Santana's like, no, 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 no. Santana's like, too you're far. You're not getting back together. Yes. And here's why. Because your ex-boyfriend is a sex worker. Yes. And Rachel is understandably upset because this is her finding out about it. Yeah. And on top of that, Kurt knew but did not tell her. Yeah, it reminded me of that Star Wars meme that was like, you didn't know about this, did you? Did you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a second to picture it, but now it's all I can picture in my head because it is at right? Anakin and Padme. Yeah. Um, Glee's commitment to using the term gigolo is really uh, admirable. I mean, in a, in yeah. A way. Good for them. I guess that was a thing that came up more often. You don't right. hear about gigolos so much anymore no, these days. not really. I mean, like, I think the other, um, I would guess prolific gigolo would be Bruce Diggolo. Bruce Diggolo. That's all I can really think of. American, yes. yeah. American. Um, other than that, not really sure. And what's the last um, time we heard anything from Rob Schneider? That was true. Qu- like, truly. When is the last time Ruth? Ruth. 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 <laughs> Ruth Schneider. Ruth. <laughs> Rob Schneider did anything. <laughs> or Ruth. Ruth Bader um, Schneider. Ruth Bader Schneider. That doesn't even make sense. Right? Rob uh, but I love Schneider it still. Oh, um, I, I think he was, I think he's in like almost all of Adam Sandler's joints. Yes. But what? Oh, he works a lot more than I knew. Really? He was in a movie on Netflix called The Home Team. Starring Kevin James and Taylor Lautner. What yes, a confusing cast. I remember cast. hearing about that. <laughs> and that was in 2022. Did Taylor Lautner, like, step back? Or yes. was he just not getting work? Okay. I think he stepped back. I think the sort of word is that post-Twilight, he was like, it's really hard to have been sexualized so much when I was very young. Like 17, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm don't like this so he took a step back from acting mm-hmm. and now Valid. he's marrying someone named, named taylor. taylor so they'll wow. be the taylor's lautner the taylor's lautner yes uh wow i love that um anyway here's a song of blaine at the piano which kind of sounded live um yeah what song is this i it's I, a it sounded like song which he says it's called against all odds take a look at parenthetical Take a look at me now. Love our parentheticals. Yes. Good for Tina. She can read subtext. Yes. Because she's like, this isn't about Phil Collins. No. 
It's not. It, it was no crying while singing skin tight jeans. But it but, is you know, close. He is. It's, he it's is not far off. Emoting a lot. And this time he had the help of the orchestra. Yes. He is putting um, every. He's putting his whole blanosy into this. Blussy? Yeah, it didn't sound as right <laughs> that way, but it's all in there. Ah. And, and everyone is uncomfortable. Blaine's really good at playing piano songs that make everyone else in the room kind of uncomfortable, uncomfortable having to oh hear them. Oh my god, that's his. Yeah, that's his. Uh, that's his move. That's his move. <laughs> um. And immediately Tina's like, so who's this about, Blaine? He's like, Kurt, it's Kurt. It's Which about Kurt. Actually and it's um, a perfectly about... reasonable answer if you listen to the lyrics. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this could be about Kurt. But it's also about Phil Collins because he's a musical legend and I'm tired of people making fun of him. Were we making fun of Phil Collins? Yeah, a little. <laughs> Why? Because of uh, you know, the hard drumming in, in the air tonight? Probably. You know, he's the, like the t- being the Tarzan guy, sure. I think, is... okay. You're like, how serious of an artist can he be? He wrote the Tarzan soundtrack. Which I wish that instead of this, Blaine was singing You'll Be In My Heart. Oh, that would have been great, though. It would And I mean, it would have, like, it would have had the same impact. Or A Stranger Like Me, which would not have the same impact, but would have been but would be funny to watch. Yes. Oh, man. Uh, this is our pitch for the Glee Boot. Yeah. Um, All Tarzan episode. Yes. Like, a whole half season of Disney musical episodes. I wonder if it's like, something about, like... the ones that didn't do so well. If it's something about, like, rights. If they couldn't easily get Disney rights. Right. Um, But we immediately go from that and, like, everyone being like, so Blaine, what's the deal? And he's like, no, nothing. To uh, our Spice Girls cover. I kind of love uh, Tina as Scary Spice. Yeah. Honestly... Everyone looked great here. This was a great everyone number. Looked this great. was a lot of fun. Um, everyone looked great. I loved like that it started off with Marley and Unique because we love seeing them as a pair. Yep. Britney's a great sporty spice. Oh yeah, perfect yeah. casting. Um, I love the drummer rolling his eyes at one point, <laughs> like completely disparate from everybody else. Everybody else was super into it, especially the but band. This one, this one drummer is like. This is why they felt like they had to hide their love of Spice Girls, because this one dude is like, I hate Because this hate one the Spice ghost Girls. drummer. Yeah. Right. Girl power, no thank you. So, fun fact, um, one day when I was bored at work, I took a Sporkle quiz where it just gives you a blank thing, and they'll, like, try to figure out what song it is just by typing in random words and, like, see if you can know all the lyrics. Um, which is fun if you're me, and you just start typing in, like, adjectives and pronouns and things like that and one of the songs was wannabe and i was like i know a lot of the words to this song but i do not know all of them there's some of them just sound yeah. like nonsense i think the choreography could have been a little more like developed yeah i looked it up i don't think i don't know if there was a choreographer for this episode because i couldn't oh. find one credited on imdb which is so funny though because it has a jake number which is such a so much of a which dancer. was great yeah yeah so unless he did that um, all himself but Right? Like, I don't know. And the choreography for this was a little lackluster. Um, but, like, otherwise it was, like, super... It was super strong. It was fun. Um, it's, we love a good girl number. Yeah. And um, Artie's kind of, like, lighting up at Kitty. Yeah. And after the number, he says, I don't think I've ever seen you so happy. happy. Yeah, it's fun to be... Uh, it's Part fun to team. enjoy things. Right? Imagine. Yeah. 
And then speaking of which, not not exactly that, but then they immediately boo Jake, who goes with a different Brown song. Yes. And we get Bobby Brown's My Prerogative. Like, yeah, the whole thing with this is Bobby Brown is the problematic fave because he allegedly got Whitney Houston addicted to hard drugs. Yes. And so that, like, from that standpoint, I kind of get, like, the guilty of the guilty pleasure. Mm -hmm. But I'm also just thinking of, like, Britney Spears had her own version of this song around that time, maybe a little earlier, and that kind of became its own single hit. For a while. Oh yeah, it did. I, I remember that. I do, yeah. I guess what I found to be funnier, not funnier, weirder is that when they're like, you know, Bobby Brown's just as problematic, right? They don't be like, because he also beat with Whitney Houston. Like, they just touch on the right. getting her addicted to drugs thing. Not that much like Chris Brown, he's been accused of assaulting a woman. Right. Brit, him doing a, it, the Britney Spears version, like, I get what they were going for, like, not Chris Brown, Bobby Brown sort of thing, but... Right. And that, like, many artists are problematic. It's right. hard to escape it. But, yeah, it would have been cool to see him doing it, like, because he'd just been bashing down on Britney Spears. And it would have been really interesting if he did it thinking it was a Britney Spears song. Yeah. And they were like, no, you don't realize that that's Bobby Brown. Yeah. And this is why that's a problem. Right. But also, like, I did not, like, in the moment I was like, why is Marley still mad? I just wasn't thinking about the whole Bobby Brown problem. And Marley is just through this whole song. That is great. Jake does a great job with the song. It sounds great, especially for a solo. But Marley is sitting there brooding, glowering, a la Rachel Berry in the first season. Just because she really hates songs by people who have problematic personal lives. Right, which, like, okay, but, like, because I didn't make the connection, I was like, what, did did Bobby Brown burn down her house or something? Like, <laughs> no, he was also fuck? a problem, but... That scene where they're in the hallway and Tina's, like, the uh, very niche robot character from a TV show, for, fine. For what is this happening? For what? <laughs> Why did this happen? Okay. I guess to give yeah. Jenna Ushkowitz something else to do today, but it is sure. so strange that it's happening, and, like, I do not understand Right, and this was also the scene where I was like, uh, one, oh, that's the Bobby Brown problem. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I can't say Bobby Brown problem. Um, Bobby Brown problem, Bobby Brown problem, Bobby Brown problem. Got it. Beautiful. Um, thank you. Um, and also where I realized, oh, right, now it's 2023, yep. and we can talk about like the nuances of liking something despite or in spite of its flaws or its source material or the artist or whatever and we can disseminate those kinds of things and not like judge each other too much for each other's decisions Mm -hmm. um anyway um marley has a guilty pleasure too quick turnaround yeah um because everything is fine and then they just kiss in the hallway and um whatever okay yeah i was like i don't really care about this (laughs) right Anyway, Brody is still here. Um, yeah, I didn't expect to see him again, but here he is. Right. Um, Rachel slips him money and asks if she can take him to dinner because that's how she knows it goes now, which is, like, the wrong kind of petty. Yes. I think she throws the money at him. Right. And he's like, you know, not all of us have parents who support us financially. And she's like, well, you lied to me. We said we would be honest with each other. And he's like, well, you lied because, well, we eventually we get to the fact that, like, 
She like you lied about basically still having feelings for your ex boyfriend, and I know you slept with right. him. Right, but also she right. t- she does. He's like Finn came out and beat me up, and Rachel does have a moment of like Finn like, did that. He did that. He, he oh oh for me for me. Like she doesn't look quite that happy, but that is the implication. That's the vibe. Yeah, um, a lot of good Leah Michelle so crying much... in this, by the way. Yes. So much for their, like, progressive open relationship, though. Mm -hmm. Because several episodes ago, we were like, yeah, I saw some folks. I boned down a bit. What about you? Yep. Yeah. We're cool. Like, the other side of the pillow. And now it's just, like, throwing that out the window because of Finn, maybe? I don't know. They don't. Because we can't support sex work. Right. It's too hard to be in a, in a progressive, cool relationship when someone's very much hung up on their high school boyfriend, I guess. Sure, sure. Um, and Rachel's like, okay, I guess I was kind of sort of lying because there's a part of me that wanted to make him jealous and a part of me that, like, just wanted to fill the void in my heart. Um, so now it's just over. Yep. Like, I'll see you around. It's going to suck. But anyway, here's another cover of Creep by Radiohead. I am so fucking tired of this song. Here's the thing. After we talked about it, we talked about this briefly uh, earlier today. Again, right. With Jenna. <laughs> it came up in our group chat with Jenna. Because I had just watched it at that time. It's not the worst cover of Creep. No, not at all. But, and in fact, devoid of context, like I've heard some, this song is on my TikTok for you page a little bit because of who I am as a person. Like Creep covers in general? No, or this not the Glee one? version. It knows. Look, okay. My TikTok page is very specific. Um, I, yes. And there's some, like, Rachel hit some cool notes in this. It's not the worst cover. Yeah. But it makes no sense for their breakup song to be Creep by Radiohead. Right. What does this have to do? What does the song Creep by Radiohead have anything to do with Rachel and Brody's relationship? I don't know, man. What the fuck? And then there's, like, this weird part where, like, they're slow-mo walking the halls, and then, like, we cut to the the apartment, and it's just, like, flashing between them being in bed, but not at the same the time. The other one watching them, yeah. And, like, that happens a bunch of times, and, like, slow-mo run down the hall some more, and I don't understand why it's happening. And then they're on a stage, and it looks like the auditorium from the McKinley, and I'm like, why are they yes, there? thank you. Thank you so much. I was like, why is this the Glee Club all of a sudden? Right, I was like, how'd they get back to Ohio to sing this song that makes no right? sense? Right? I don't know yeah. why Glee was like, we have to do Creep by Radiohead, but right? they did. It was pretty popular as far as covers go at that time. Yeah, but there's so many other is- songs out there. There's so many other songs out there, and, and so many songs that haven't been, like, super fucking overdone. And yeah, I get it. There's not a lot of songs that you sing when you've just discovered that your boyfriend was a sex worker and you're breaking up. But right. there's gotta be songs about breaking up with your first There's college. gotta be another way. There's gotta be another way that doesn't involve them covering Creep by Radiohead in this context. <laughs> in it this seems, context. And it does seem inevitable that Glee was going to have to cover Creep by Radiohead, but... yes. Why did they do it right here? Why did they decide that this was the episode it needed to happen in? Right. And, like, why with Brody? Why? 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 I don't really want to hear Leah Michelle sing Creep. Again, she does a fine job-ish. Right. Like, the performance is, like, far from the problem here. Yeah. Although, again, it's not the best cover. She's a little too musical theater for it. 
not a guilty pleasure either. No. No one's going around like, being like, here's my like, guilty oh, man, pleasure, Radiohead. Radiohead. Who? Yeah, anyway, it was confusing, and I did not care for it. It mostly made me annoyed. Same. Anyway, more Blaine and Sam stuff. Yep. Um, doesn't have to be uncomfortable. I know your guilty pleasure is me. Okay, so this is when I got confused, because Sam is just like, basically like, look, man, I've been trying to get you to admit that you have a crush on me this whole week. Which kind of leads to the point where it seems like Sam was like, I should orchestrate a week where we all admit secrets about feeling things we feel guilty about just so my buddy Blaine will admit that he has a crush on me and we can get that out in the open. Like, if you kind of think about it, did Sam let Blaine catch him stealing macaroni to lead to this whole thing? You can almost read it as this is a big Sam heist. Just to get Blaine to admit that he has a crush on him. I mean, we do love a Sam heist. Where Sam was like, I know, I'll get really into macaroni art. So Blaine can catch me doing macaroni art. I'll be like, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed that you found out this secret. I'm so embarrassed. Why don't we share our secrets? Because we feel safe. Let's tell each other. As Wicked One said, let's tell each other something that we never told anyone. Yeah. You go first. Exactly. And... Then Blaine is like, okay, I guess it's about music. And Sam's like, okay, fine. We'll make it a Glee Club thing. And we'll all share our secrets. And eventually, you'll sing this song to me, right? And then you'll tell me. No? Okay. For fuck's sake, dude. But also, <laughs> you know he got Tina involved in the long game as well. Because like she's also sitting there like, TikTok, bro. Yeah. Please. I just went through this the other direction. You have to get through yours as well. Right. We all have to get through this plot. Season's right. wasting. <laughs> Oh man, honestly, I love that. I love that theory the most. Yeah, this is Sam playing 4D chess. Um, yes, oh my god. And Sam is just like, for to his credit, it's like, it's cool. <laughs> and like Sam might, yeah, exactly. Sam might not be dumb, but he knows how to, he knows how to conspiracy theorize. He does. Um, which makes this a plausible plot. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam is like, it's fine. I would be concerned if you weren't. I'm attractive. And I'm like, Okay. Good for you. Like, must be nice um, to have that confidence. Um, nothing's going to change. You and I are like brothers. Uh, the intention is flattering. Let's hug it out. We do get a classic. Is that a roll of breathments in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? And it was um, breathments. It was breathments. You want one? Yeah. That was, um, that was, I did make, that did make me laugh. Like, it's such an easy joke. Um, it was low-hanging fruit, but it did make me laugh. It worked. It worked this time. Santana and Kurt... We're finally wrapping up here, folks. Yes. Um, this is a long episode. Um, it is. They're sitting with their spouse pillows. Uh, their partner pillows. Spouse pillows, yeah. Their partner pillows. Watching Facts of Life. Santana's loving it. Like, Santana's like, let's make this into a musical because she's been fully ingrained in the, in the in theater house. In the theater house. club, yeah, yeah. The theater house. Um, they're just, like, having a good time being roommates. And Rachel's like... I want to be part of it, yeah, too. Is that okay? Yeah, we woke up. Hmm. Yeah. But it's okay. It's okay. And it was actually a really nice, like, little friendship moment there yeah. between the three of them. Like, I'll never doubt your psychic Mexican third eye again. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Kurt named her boyfriend Pillow Colin after the boy from the Secret Garden. And that might be the funniest <laughs> line in the series for me. That's a very non-threatening boy. Yes, truly. And yeah, Rachel's ready for funny girl for dating older guys. 
and for living with our third permanent roommate. I don't know why she had to specify dating older guys. Right. I mean, Finn is already 30. Like, Right. On. And also Brody was older. So how much older yeah. does she want to get? I don't know. Um, <sighs> but then she's like, I'm going to say we watch. I'm pulling movie card today because I got right. broken up with. And we're going to watch the greatest guilty pleasure movie musical of all time. And then they do a subpar cover of Abba's Mamma Mia. Yeah. I was like, that's it. I, w- I was really like, surely nothing will annoy me as much as this creep cover. And then, like, Rachel, the second, they picked it up in the second half. But the beginning of Rachel singing Mamma Mia, I was like, you're terrible at this. It did, like, build up steam throughout, like, that first, yeah. like, verse into the chorus and whatever. If it had ended up being Rachel, Santana, and Kurt, like, really yeah. just going full theater kid energy in their apartment singing Mamma Mia at the top of their lungs, fine. Probably would have been fun. Yeah. Um, did have Jenna Kate energy for a little bit. Yes. Um, but then we get the whole Glee Club number of it all. So here's, and that's kind of where it went downhill for here's me. Here's my two beefs. One, I don't think Mamma Mia is a song that should build because the opening intro, like piano bits, builds up enough for you. So by the time, like, the anticipation's growing from the opening. So by the time you start singing, you should be already full throttle. We don't need a little bit of a ballady start. That's sure. just a me opinion. Sure. Second, this begins a sort of tradition of my least favorite thing, and you just said it, of when the, you know, Glee is like, we got to do our final number to end the show to sell on iTunes. But they start doing this thing where they are determined to make it not just a Glee Club number, but tie it in with the New York people. So we have uh, to cut between a full-scale production at Glee in Ohio with the stage and the costumes and cut it with Kurt Santana and Rachel just in the loft doing it sort of. And I hate that. They'll do it again in many other numbers. Like I said, I think this is the first time they do it. But I don't, I don't like it. it. Pick a lane and oh, stand. God. Give us either Pick the wildly stand. fully produced Glee Club number with the costumes and the like void that you're performing in or make it like a scrappy worth theater kids singing in our apartment number. Yeah. Don't you can't have it both ways. That part. I yeah. expected to like this number because I love Mamma Mia and it just wasn't that at all. No, it was it was kind of boring. Like again, subpar choreography. Yes, and watching like, like at least the costumes in the void can cover it up at the Glee Club number. But watching Santana and Kerr and Rachel do the same subpar choreography just in a sad Brooklyn loft. It really highlights how poor it was. And it's the same, like, subpar choreography that, like, every other closing number has been lately. Yeah. So it's not even like it stood out on those grounds either. Also, why did they have the hula hoops in their apartment in Bushwick? Yeah. Who who has that many hula hoops at work, in their house? (laughs) Um, They have so much space. They have have hula hooping space. So much room for activities. Um, But yeah, yeah, and that's how it ends. With a subpar cover of Mamma Mia. Rendition of Mamma Mia. Well, all right, let's talk about this music. There's quite a, there's kind of a lot of it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven songs. That's many. Wow. All right, and you have to choose one. You're going to purchase one of these songs with your real human adult money. And here's your choices. Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, Copacabana, Against All Odds, Parenthetical, Take a Look at Me Now, Wannabe, My Prerogative, Creep, and Mamma Mia. 
I think I'm going to go with my prerogative. All right. Controversial. But what about you? Fair. Honestly, I think I'm going to go with Wake Me Up right. Before You Go-Go. I like That would be my second choice. It was a pretty good performance. <laughs> yeah. I'd be happy to yeah, hear no, that Yeah, no, that was definitely... Yeah, that was great. <sighs> well, you know, anyway. that was that. That was that. Yeah. It was an episode, and it was fine. I actually enjoyed most of it. Right, um, yeah, like this was not nearly as offensive as the past few. It was a little fluffy. It didn't really accomplish anything. Right. You know what it helped? No Will. No Will. Mm-hmm. Also, no Sue, which, as we've learned, tends no to Sue. help an episode. Yeah. And no Finn. And no Cut Finn, down which... the cast a little bit, okay. and everyone gets a little more time to shine. Ugh. Sure. But, totally. anyway. Um, Ian, if people want to find you on the internet, where perhaps could they do that? Uh, you mayhaps can find me at ibrowski on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and mm-hmm. ianjbrodsky.com. Um, what about you, Karina? You can find me on the same handle on both Twitter and TikTok, and that is Epic Adventure of the show. The show is is actually aggressive. Um, the like when you chimed in with that, like it sounded like an echo in my uh, headphones, so it was like <laughs> it was jarring. No, I'm um, I'm an echo now. Yes. Um, honestly. If anyone were to be the echo in my head, I would be honored if it was you. Um, welcome. Anyway, the show is at Glee Aggressive, hashtag Glee Aggressive, gleeaggressive at gmail.com. Uh, what should they write in about this week? Um, I mean, obviously you can write in and tell us your guilty pleasure, but as we've determined, that's not really a thing anymore. So more right. accurately, uh, what's your favorite Barry Manilow song? Yeah. Do you have one? Inform Can you tell me another what Barry Manilow, Barry Manilow song are. is? Yeah, and make sure to like and comment and rate and subscribe. Um, yeah. Yeah, tell your friends, tell your enemies. Um, we don't care. Yeah. We just love to spread the word. Um, exactly. Well, folks, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. You can join us next week when we will discuss Season 4, Episode 18. It is the episode entitled Shooting Star. If you know, you know. But Ian, you don't know. I don't know. And you're in for something. Um, I'm so afraid. It's a big if you know you know episode. So we will talk about it. Um, but that does lead me to ask Ian, did this episode of Glee make you want to watch that next one of Glee? I don't know. Like, it didn't not make me want to watch it, especially given the last few. Um, but it didn't make, make me actively want to watch it. It's but a bit of a nothing you say episode. What, but hearing you say what you just said makes me want to watch the next episode. Yeah, you're going to want to watch the next episode. Glee, aggressive. Glee, glee, aggressive. Glee, glee, aggressive. Glee, glee, aggressive.